they may not have to suffer on this earth. They may be able to get away with things. That does not mean doing nothing. Welcome to Coffee with a Couple Cure, where we share practical tips for your relationship before you finish your first cup. Here's Jay and Lori Pyatt. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with a Couple Cure. I'm Jay. And I'm Lori. Today on episode 14, we're continuing on to the second half of the Serenity Prayer, the original written by Reinhold Niebauer. Um, Most people that go to the Celebrate Recovery um, groups will recognize the second half, um, which we we read fully in, in the last episode, but just one more time. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. The first thing I love about this part is the living one day at a time. I know that's a huge... um, phrase that's used in 12-step recovery groups, uh, one day at a time, one day at a time. The thing I love about this is it talks about what I needed, and that is enjoying one moment at a time. There were times where I only knew about the one day at a time um, slogan or, or phrase, and I was like, but I am hardly, you know, I just need to take it one one little snippet of a day at a time. And whenever I read that the first time at the CR group, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually a thing. You know, it's actually a thing in the 12-step group. So um, that was like healing oil to my bones at that point, just because it gave legitimacy to the fact that sometimes one day is just too long after betrayal. Um, sometimes I need to take it one moment at a time. But another thing I like is that it says enjoying one moment at a time. And I think it gives a vital truth there that joy or joyful times are momentary. You know, it's, I think everybody thinks, you know, we're going to get healed, we're going to get recovered, and then it's going to be just one joy fest until Jesus comes back. No, that's heaven. And if we expect that to be the case, then we kind of get a little demanding for heaven on earth and that we're going to be sorely disappointed. So if we can take the moments as they come and really truly enjoy them, slowing down enough to enjoy them, which is my issue, then we're going to see kind of the height of what can be experienced on this earth, which is just joy one moment at a time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I really hear that for you and for the women who are hurting. For the addict, you know, one of the biggest problems addicts have is they're not good at staying in the moment. Mm. They want to be in the moment that's not this moment. You know, if this moment is unpleasant in any way, um, whether it's boring or it's lonely, um you know, some emotional content that I'm just not okay with, I don't want to be in this moment anymore as an addict. So if I can learn to enjoy this moment, even if it's something challenging, which is the next line, accepting hardship 
as a pathway to peace. Accepting, you know, if I can sit in a lonely moment or a boring moment. Or a moment where somebody's confronting you on something you've done. Right. Uh, a moment that's hard for me. If I can sit in those moments, there's a lot of value to be gained in them versus trying to run away from them. You know, and so many of those moments that I tried to run away from led to me abusing Lori. Mm. You know, either by... Um, um, shouting at her and, and saying I didn't want to talk about it or being intimidating in some way so that she would stop talking to me or fleeing the conversation altogether because I just, I, again, I didn't want to be in that moment anymore. What that leads to is instead of staying in this moment, I now have 15 more moments that I'm going to have to fix in the future. Right, and it didn't lead to peace. No, you it know, did not. It, I mean, I'm sure if you could tell younger Jay... Like, oh my God. It's going to be so much easier just to stop resisting. Yeah. I think you would definitely tell them. But one thing on that that I want to point out is women, we can accept a lot of hardship. We can. We can we can put up with a lot. Yet we need to find out, is it leading to true peace? Is it leading to pseudo peace where it's just like he changes a little bit um, and then it turns out that he's actually gotten worse over time, which can indicate the the abusive dance you know where he placates her and says okay I'll do whatever you need to and then comes back even harsher than before so over time just like we talked about last time it can take time to gain that wisdom to know the difference between what a person's going to do and what they're not but over time if it's not leading to true peace then um, that's not what this is talking about here. You know, right. it's not like, okay, put up with it, uh, be abused, mm-hmm. become a doormat. It, that's not this. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the eye of the storm versus no storm at all. You know, if, if you're in the eye of the storm where, okay, everything's calm back down, but as long as nobody moves, you know, nothing bad's going to mm-hmm. happen. Instead of, no, we're truly at peace. We've talked it through. We've had the conversation. We've gotten all of the words out in the open. Um, And we're not just maintaining radio silence in order to keep things from getting stirred up again. One thing I want to point out about the pathway to peace, the scriptural component or the scriptural um, backing to that is guard your heart. When I was a new Christian, I always thought guard your heart meant like guard it from sin. And I, I believe that's true, but I also now believe like guard your heart against people who would abuse you. Guard your heart against people who would mistreat you. Yeah, get some space and pray for them, but definitely get space. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just something I wanted to throw in there. The next one says, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is. I'm going to let you tell your thoughts on it because I have a, a different thought for betrayal. I, I think this goes back to what we were saying uh, toward the end of the last episode about having the serenity to accept things, how we go about accepting them, whether I'm, I'm white knuckling it and just saying, oh, I hate this moment or how Jesus stepped into things. You know, as far as I know, the church is not meant to be a group of of excluders. We're not meant to keep other people out. We're meant to welcome people in. To draw them 
to something higher to right. draw them to something more satisfying for them and for the, the kingdom, yeah. or for better for the kingdom. It's not about staying in our sin. It's about moving forward. But mm-hmm. if we if we cannot take the world as it is, we will constantly be running back to, you know, something, some sort of addictive behavior. Again, I think that's about expectations and so on. And we'll we'll get into that in the next few things. Taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, Jesus did a lot of teaching. It's not like he just said, well, do whatever you want and, you know, you're invited to the kingdom. He did a lot of teaching. He did a lot of um, rebuking, that sort of thing, especially for the people who would strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you uh, pointed that out. Taking the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, that definitely speaks to kind of both sides if a, if a addict is like, oh, but I really want it this way. Um, If he lands there and stays there, he's probably, just like Jay said earlier, going to use again. It can also look like um, harming, like a betrayed spouse harming herself over or subjecting herself, allowing herself to be subjected to harm over and over and over again um, in order to maintain the relationship when it's clear that the other person really doesn't want that. When it's clear that the other person um, uh, wants to act out or wants to abuse. Uh, Now, the next line says, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. Uh, The if. Yeah, the if part, part, right? So going back to the first part of this prayer, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. If I surrender to the will of God, things may change. If I keep telling God, no, this is not the way I want it to be, mm-hmm. then I am not trusting God that he'll make things right. Now, they may not have to suffer for them on this earth. Mm-hmm. They may, mm-hmm. you know, they may be able to get away with things and... So if we can surrender to the will of God, that does not mean, surrender does not mean laying down and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Because the will of God may be, now is the time for your courage. Mm-hmm. You know, now is the time for you to do something to change the thing that has been wreaking havoc in your life. And so you may have to surrender to God's will that calls you into a place that your life is at, is at stake, mm. you know, and that may be what it takes to change uh, the things which can be changed. Mm. But surrender is not passivity. Surrender is God saying, my will for you is to do something that is not easily done And that's my plan for making this right. Mm -hmm. The trusting that you will make all things right is much different than trusting I can force a solution or muscle something into place. Again, we're supposed to do what we can, I believe, with God's help, do what we can to see what can be changed. Mm -hmm. But over time, we do just need to trust that God's going to make things right. God's going to... um, to take up my cause, God will uh, exert whatever pain or loss needs to be exerted in order for whoever to um, get the message that God's trying to teach them. Um, and I mean, for betrayed spouses, when they get to this point where they have tried to 
get both of them to where they said they wanted to be and it only turns out that the person, you know, the spouse doesn't want to get there, um, would rather continue hurting her. Um, when they get to that point of surrendering to God's will, as it is in that moment, um, their level of trust can really skyrocket. I mean, it's really kind of a beautiful thing mm. um, where their life turns around fairly quickly and the pain stops fairly quickly, replaced with a deeper relationship with God. And that can happen for the addict too. Right, right. Trusting God, there's, there's this word, or I guess there's two words that we use sometimes interchangeably, which is safe and secure. We think that if we're safe, we're also secure. Trusting God is knowing that we're safe. Mm. Trusting God does not mean we will always be secure. Um, or feel secure. Or feel secure. There will always be an element of risk, which is what security is about. I want no risk. That's not going to happen. But am I safe in the hands of God? Yes. You know, I think Jesus showed the, the two aspects of this really well in going to the cross. He knew he was safe, but it wasn't secure. Mm. You know, there was, a, mm. there was a risk. And so hmm. trusting God does not mean we're going to feel totally secure, but we know that he's going somewhere and I'm always going to be safe. Mm -hmm. You know, so. And it's not for nothing. We're not praying just to surrender. We're praying, you know, according to the next line, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life. And that's huge. It's not going to feel like heaven, you know. And like I said before, to demand that it's like heaven, well, that's just us being demanding. But we can be reasonably happy in this life. And again, enjoying one moment at a time. But God does want our happiness. And it doesn't have to happen it doesn't have to wait until we have a great relationship, until we've conquered our addiction fully, you know, until we're walking in significant long-term freedom. It doesn't have to wait until then. In fact, if you can pick up the reasonable happiness in your life, that can start creating the, um, the endorphins and the oxytocin and the dopamine that uh, we used to depend on for our addiction or through our addiction. The way our culture talks is if you're not happy at every single moment, something must be wrong. Yeah. Buy this yeah. thing. You know, whether it's, <laughs> whether it's your popularity on social media or the things that you have in your driveway or the type of house or the type of wife that they will make you happy permanently. Mm -hmm. Um, we're shooting for reasonably happy, which is somewhere around the word okay. You know, yeah. things are good. They're not, they're, you know, when they're Lori... They're static, they're not... Yeah, one of the tools you, Lori and I use is where are we on a scale from 1 to 10? Well, we're normally somewhere between 6 and maybe 8.5, but mm -hmm. we're rarely at a 10. Yeah, we're not like boom, boom, 10, 10, 10, yeah. 10. We've gone through long seasons of like a lot of 9s. Yeah. But um, tens not sustainable. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's one of those things that we just have to deal with here in in our world is hardship is a pathway to peace. And so we're going to have hardship 
to find peace, and then we can be reasonably happy in the midst of hardship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I will say this, though, that the relationship with Jesus can be up there. It can definitely be up there on a regular basis. Um, I'm talking like nines, some tens, but much more regularly than uh, relationships on this earth. And then to be supremely happy with you forever in the next, that is our hope. That's what the Christian word tells us. Uh, Again, going back to step three, um, if you write a resume for who you want your God to be, hopefully you're asking for him to be with you in the next life and and to to give you an eternity of joy um and and i think that that's been promised uh through christ um and i look forward to that day not that i'm like pursuing you know <laughs> he doesn't have a death wish no i don't have a death wish I, I like being reasonably happy in this life, and I look forward to whatever the next one brings. Right. The supremely happy with you forever in the next life, um, that has to do with delayed gratification. Hmm. Those last two lines have to do with delayed gratification. Think about it this way. I've heard drug addicts say, you're always chasing that first high, meaning the first time you take a drug, it's such a new high, it's such a new experience and thereafter, you're always chasing that feeling again. But I don't know, it might fry certain parts of your brain to where you can never feel that again uh, through that, uh, through that uh, chemical. Therefore, you have to do, uh, you know, try a new one. So you're mm-hmm. always chasing that first high. I personally believe that's the same for porn addicts, mm-hmm. um, that the first time you see something that really knocks that out of the park for you, nothing will ever satisfy you again to the same extent. So I think chasing supreme happiness on this earth can be a bit um, uh, unsatisfying. Yeah. So if, we're, if we scale back and go, you know what? If in this life I can only be reasonably happy, then I'm going to pursue that, you know? Uh-huh. And I, I'll do the rest of this uh, living one day at a time, enjoying moment by moment kind of things, accepting hardship, uh, taking this world as it is. I think if you're to do those things and become really practiced, really good at it, become an expert in those things, I think you will find more reasonably happy moments in this life. Right. If I can accept what is and not run away from it, I can at least be at peace. Mm. You know, I I can have my serenity in a moment that I cannot change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, instead of it taking me, you know, from a 10 to a zero or below, I can allow it to take me from a 10 maybe to an eight. And then when that moment passes, I can go back up again. But I'm not allowing my my serenity to be um, connected to How is the rest of the world around me right now? Right. And I do want to make a side note. When you were talking about accepting things, what came to mind was this isn't like, well, my wife's just never going to get off of this thing. It's accepting what, like listening to her and accepting the truth that's coming from that side of the relationship in that, wow, I really hurt this person, Right. you know, um, because that while difficult um, that will lead to more peace than 
oh my gosh, I have to listen to her again. And, mm. you know, I mean, that's not very peaceful. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's more of a form of a denial than acceptance. So, mm -hmm. uh, I think that wraps it up for today. Um, again, please, uh, like the video, leave any comments below. Uh, we really would love to hear from you mm -hmm. and realize your name will be attached to those. So make sure you're signed into a Google account that doesn't uh, personally identify you if you don't want to be attached, if you don't right. want to have your name attached to the comment. But yeah, or at least give us a thumbs up. It, you know, that doesn't attach you to anything. So that'd be nice. Um, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye.